Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to Thriving Line Healing Podcast, episode 43. Sorry friends, we're staying on the COVID train for a bit. <laughs> we recorded the last week's podcast and like my little brain was like, as an athlete, like completely, like not completely, there was a fourth of my brain that was obsessed about it for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I was like, Dr. Carmen, can we talk about like, post-COVID like symptoms or like side, like long, not long. I don't like to say long-term because that feels like years, but you know, like longer side effects, long, you know, what am I trying to say? So what are those? Yeah. Post-viral symptoms. What do they look like if they occur in folks? Um, Because they don't occur in everybody, but um, because this virus sort of has that specificity, right? We talked about to those ACE receptors, mm-hmm. um, the, they're seeing more and more. And so it's different because, um, I think the conventional medicine world was so worried about what to do with the initial envir- uh, infection and that virus and how to attack that, um, that once you were clear or you had a negative, um, COVID tests then, you know, or you had antibodies and they didn't really worry about anything else. But um, what we're seeing now, uh, long-term, it's, you know, been about a year that uh, people are seeing this post-COVID viral syndrome. And so that looks like different things, right? That looks like, um, we talked about earlier, this is the, I think, athletes had a tendency to bring this to light a little bit earlier, um, is that increased heart, resting heart rate right? Um, And so that increased resting heart rate um, can be an issue. So not everybody recognizes the cardiac symptoms that are associated when they're sick with COVID, um, unless somebody has like underlying heart condition, right? If they've got AFib or some type of arrhythmia, um, then yes, it's it's, um, causing problems. And I actually just heard of a gal this morning. um, She's in her 30s and has... uh, COVID and it is causing a lot of chest pain for her and it's bringing to or shedding light on I think an underlying heart condition she didn't know she had Mm -hmm. Um, but now you know they're really looking into it because now she has COVID and she has these other cardiac symptoms but um, so that's only one uh, component of sort of the post viral syndrome we're also we um, are seeing people, especially if they're a little bit higher risk and had issues with uh, breathing, um, then we are seeing some like scarring tissue, some scar tissue in the lungs. Um, and you know, that, that fatigue that has a tendency to stick around a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're calling it post-viral syndrome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, just because we have symptoms after the virus, um, after we feel better, we just may not be hundred percent, That doesn't mean we're still infected with the virus. Um, what that means is that your immune system is still, um, cleaning things up, if you will. Right. 
the immune system has been imprinted um, with the virus. And so it's sent out those immune cells. It's training those soldiers on what to look for as far as those viral proteins are um, in, uh, um, in your body. And then um, as they are killing that virus and um, creating this immune response, sometimes that takes a little bit of time um, for folks. So that may take a month or two um, after they've cleared the infection um, for those symptoms to dissipate. So we were talking about this before we jumped on because I was like, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more versed than the average person in the health and wellness field, not as much as you as a physician, but I feel like it's like, and I was confused as to, okay, wait, I'm day 16. My understanding is that my immune system has already created antibodies and I thought it already killed the virus, right? Cause I have antibodies now, but I think the way you explained it to me, correct me if I'm wrong is yes, you have antibodies now, and you're not contagious, but there's still those, I guess, virus, there's still the virus is floating around in you. Your body hasn't completely cleared it yet. Right. Because I am, like, I still can't smell or taste, right? My athletic performance isn't there yet. So the virus is still in me, but my immune system is clearing it. And this is just going to take a while. Right, right. Okay. So I will, yes, does it? Yeah, um, you're exactly right. So um, that after you, or once you've gotten infected, that 10 day mark, that's when your body says, hey, okay, I have recognized um, this virus as a foreign entity. I'm going to teach all these um, B cells to begin um, looking for this protein. So uh, as it floats around in your immune system, those B cells are getting trained so that they can go out and attack this virus and kill those cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I will add a little bit of a caveat um, yeah. because if you guys have heard of other chronic viruses that have caused problems with people, um, the one that's probably the most common is Lyme disease right? Or tick fevers. Because mm -hmm. um, people get bit by ticks all the time. But mm -hmm. if your immune system can mount a response um, and kill that um, infective process, then you're free and clear, right? You don't have to worry about it. When it becomes a chronic issue is when your immune system is not robust enough um, to take care of the infection. So then um, what that means is you kind of think of those B cells or those immune cells are either um, maybe a little bit lazy. And so they aren't, um, they don't completely clean up the virus throughout your whole body. Um, and so, I mean, viruses, their motive is to survive, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to find ways to try and survive and continue replicating. So sometimes they can hide um, within cells or within areas of our body that our immune system doesn't have um, as much access to. And so um, that's the importance of making sure that we have a very strong immune system so that we can uh, mount this response and that drastically lowers our risk of a continued post-viral syndrome, you know, after that month and a half, two months after the infection's cleared. Cool. That makes um, sense. So then like, because this episode's geared towards like athletes. Yes. Yeah. 
a lot. I mean, I'm not speaking for all athletes, but a lot, like there's a certain personality type, especially us that are drawn to CrossFit. We tend to be type A and like, there's this, we've been so conditioned, right? Like you eat healthy and you exercise and you drink a lot of water and you get eight hours of sleep. Like that's life. And that is how you're healthy. And you have a very healthy immune system and you add probiotics in. Yes. Okay. So for us, then logic tells me, oh, okay, you're telling me I need to gear up my immune system. Great. I'll just go work out real hard for an hour because working out fixes things and makes me healthy. Um, and I know you're going to be like, no, because I also know like working out hard is a stressor on the body. Yes. So you're going to have to like help us type A's. Like, what does it look like? Like, what should, in general terms, like, okay, Kim, recovery for you for this and building a healthy immune system and still having an active lifestyle, right? It's like, you can go to the gym, but you're just going to have to like, pull it down. Like being active, yes, is good for your immune system, but being too active stresses it and hurts the immune system. Like, where's the balance? Yes. So sometimes that's a little bit tricky in trying to kind of maneuver that, right? Because, um, yeah, uh, working out and having an active lifestyle um, is, is important for our immune system, for our health, for our mental health, right? So I'm not going to tell people not to do that, um, but it's a matter of um, how intense those workouts are, right? Um, so doing things that are a little, not as intense, right? Just trying to cut it down a little bit, not doing um, competitions uh, during your recovery period is going to be really important. Um, that's not the time to try and yeah, beat your record, right? Um, that's the time. All of us, our heart breaks just a tiny bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because it's a different um, mindset, right? You're like working out and being in this um, active lifestyle to support your body, um, but not to push yourself because you're exactly right. Those harder workouts where you really push yourself, those record breakers, right? You're adding stress to your body, which normally our body handles really well. Right. Um, but when we're in, when we're in sick or when we're in this post-viral syndrome, um, your body's just not there yet. Right. And so if you add that extra stressor by having more um, intense workouts, or even if your workouts are, you're trying to meet that level of intensity that you had prior to getting sick, um, it's going to be a lot. Right. So now that your body, so if you do that, then your body's having to recover, um, not just on the immune side, trying to still look for active infected cells. Um, but then it's also trying to recover and regenerate post-workout. Yeah. Right. And we just, we are limited, right? We are, this body is not infinite. It's not unlimited. Um, so you only have so many resources to allocate, if you will. So if you use all those resources to allocate to your immune system, you're going to get over your infection quicker. If you try to divide that energy and resources um, between recovery from an intense workout and the immune system, well, one of those is going to take longer, right? Probably okay. both. Okay. Um, so that's our reasoning behind just like, yeah, decreasing that level 
of intensity within your workouts, but you can still work out. It's just right. going to look different. So it's almost like, and I'll say it because I know like your world, like I, from a fitness world and a, you know, I, I'm a level two CrossFit trainer um, and personal trained for years. Like, I'll just go ahead and give you athletes advice. Like it should look, if you're suffering from post viral syndrome, which probably will be like, you have loss of sense of smell and taste, your heart rates higher at a resting rate and it's much higher during the workouts or you're hitting failure much faster or you're hitting fatigue, like you notice like halfway through the workout, like you just start to tank or you're recovering much slower, right? Like it's harder to get your heart rate to drop, to catch your breath, your soreness is staying longer than it used to. Like those are all pretty good symptoms of like, right, post viral syndrome. So I'm trying to take my own advice. I'm gonna give you advice. I'm gonna try to take my own advice. Like, just take like a month and a half, two months post COVID to go for the first month, like 50%. If you're a CrossFitter like me, like I'm still going to go to CrossFit, which is high intensity interval training, but I just know that like, I got to pace myself at 50% and all my weight and stuff has got to go 50%. Like, and then after that month, like when I start into my second month post COVID, like I can go up to 75%. And then at that two month mark, like hopefully you can be back to hundred percent. I mean, what do you feel about that, Carmen? Yes. So I would agree with that. (laughs) Um, You know, and sometimes in the athletic world, right? A month, month and a half, two months may feel like forever. But that's really necessary to be able to take that time. Um, Because like, uh, I, I may have mentioned this earlier, when your heart rate is high, right? When we say high, that means over a hundred beats per minute. Are you okay? serious? Like, I'm so glad you clarified that. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking when you say high, I'm like 160 to 180. <laughs> That's high. So <laughs> for the average person, <laughs> um, so for the average person, usually our resting heart rates anywhere from 60 to 100, right? For athletes who are very conditioned, um, that's usually 50 to 60. Those athletes see it, have a meditative practice. I've seen resting heart rates in the 40s. Um, usually, yeah, 50 to 60 is pretty healthy. Um, so the average American, let's say, is, is usually like six or 80 to 100 is average, if you will. Okay. So over a hundred is when we consider that elevated. Okay. okay. So if your resting heart rate is, is over a hundred, um, that means your heart's working really hard. Your resting heart rate. Resting heart rate. Okay. Yes. Um, your heart rate, your heart rate during workout, right? Um, we don't want that. Like I'm seeing people hit 200. That's too much. Right. Um, well, mine's over- 160 today. I'll use myself. Yeah. That's so pretty high for me. That's on my high side. I was going to say, um, I'm telling folks, yeah, um, over 180, we have problems, right? Okay. Um, between 160 and 180, you're still in recovery, right? Um, so that means you're still in that post-viral syndrome. Um, because what does your heart rates run on an average workout? Well, before COVID, before like COVID. high, like my resting heart rate was like 67, 68. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, before I've had it as low as like 59. Yeah. Um, and then like high intensity workouts, like the highest I can usually like force myself to get it to is about 160. Like that's redlining for me. Yes. So if you're working out at 50% and you're hitting 160. Well, I wasn't working at 50% today. <laughs> but if, right? Okay, we'll put a big if in front of it. Okay. Um, so if your 50% was hitting that 160, when usually, you know, that's your max, mm -hmm. um, then uh, your heart's working too hard, right? Because um, our heart's a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. And we're constantly using it. It's the one muscle that's always moving. Well, it's not the only muscle that's always moving. So are the ones in our eyes. But um, if we're hoping that our heart will recover and those um, infective cells will um, uh, be addressed quicker, right? Um, then we have to get that resting heart rate to be um, slower so that the immune cells can come in and um, do what they need to in between those heartbeats, right? Because as the blood is flowing, every time that heart beats, right? Um, it's like this roller coaster um, that's coming through. And so we need to uh, limit the amount of time that our heart rate is elevated. Um, so that's why we're, you know, recommending um, lesser intensity within our workouts uh, so that the one, the recovering can be a little bit quicker because in general, it's going to be longer than it was pre-COVID infection, but um, that's going to help to, yeah, um, give your heart the support that it needs uh, if you're able to keep that rest. So, I mean, yeah, some folks are resting heart rates over a hundred, um, just, um, in general after COVID, um, between hundred and 120, right. And we need that to come down a little bit lower. And so, um, by not working out as intensely, um, it's going to be our biggest way to do that. Um, but also, you know, doing more things like yoga or stretching or swimming, you know, um, things that still support the heart, but, and still, um, get you moving, but just a different, it just looks different. So it almost sounds like for athletes, we need to keep a smaller range for a while. Right. Instead of me going from like, sorry, that, that was a wordy way of saying that. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, like now, like my resting heart rate's in the seventies, eighties. Mm -hmm. So instead of going previously, previous cam would go from 60 to like 160 red line. Right. So most of my work routes were like in the 130. Yes. Okay. Now this Kim that's had a resting heart rate at like 70, 80, she needs to keep the range that it's going up and down to smaller. Like I don't need to have a hundred beats per minute jump. It needs to be more of like, if my resting heart rate's 80 right now, the highest I really need to go to is like 120. Exactly. You're just kind of honing in um, on that heart rate so that your heart um, doesn't have to work too hard. It just is helpful like to give us like actual numbers. So then when I'm going to, cause I'm going to want to go like people like me want to like, okay, three, two, one, go, let's go. This feels like 50%. It just, 
really it's like because it just feels less than 100 so then I'm like well it's 50 right it's really like 87 <laughs> percent but like to have a number to be like oh like you this have a hard like I'm at a, a minute like I need to I need to gear down yes so I think that's helpful for people like me to like give them this like here's a range just try to stay like in a a 40 degree heart rate increase range. Yes. Yeah. I hope, I hope so. I hope that that makes sense. It's a little bit easier <laughs> um, to identify when you are working out. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause I had another question too. I was like, because we're, I don't know, it's just me, but I also like, I go to the gym and I like see all the people that are post COVID athletes and like, or people that just did competitions this weekend. They did five workouts Saturday and Sunday, and they are back at the gym on Monday working out. Like that's just who we are, right? We're just like, yeah. let's go. Um, I, I think we need to like really impart, because my brain needs to get this. Because I feel like when you tell me two months, like you gotta, you gotta go slower for two months. My brain automatically wants to go to like, that's so much deconditioning. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to get that much, like I'm going to lose this much strength. I'm going to lose this much cart, like cardio endurance. Like that's a long time. So yeah. I think if we can like create a convincing argument, it's like why you're not losing that much conditioning by slowing down and supporting yeah. the heart and the organs. Right. We need to tell the people why so we can buy in. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the, the trouble is, is if you don't decrease, right, um, your activity and you don't reel in that um, uh, helpful range within the heart rate, right, and your heart rate continues to get uh, to be elevated for longer periods of time, um, you will thicken the walls of your heart will thicken. Okay, because that means your, your heart is working a lot harder. And so um, athletes in general, sometimes they can already have a thickened heart wall um, because of the conditioning that's involved, depending on what type of, um, of athletic performance they do. But um, that thickening, even if it's because of from, um, from athletes or because of a cardiac condition, um, does not make that muscle more efficient, okay? Um, so in the long run, um, it makes your heart weaker. And so if it means taking, you know, that two months to kind of reel things back a little bit in the long run, it'll be healthier for your heart than if your heart becomes, um, that wall becomes enlarged too quickly. Um, then we have bigger problems down the line. Yeah. And then it's, it's a trade-off. Yes. Go hard now because your ego wants you to go there and you don't like feeling uncomfortable that I'm going to get fat or I'm going to lose all of my gains, right? Yes. You can be hard headed, Kim, <laughs> and just go ahead and go. But yeah. what you're trading off is that you are risking damage to your heart, which will impact your long-term athletic performance and health. Or yes. I, we... <laughs> can calm the fuck down, <laughs> two months to recover, support our heart. Yes. It's okay. Like yeah. I probably will decondition a little bit, but because I will go back in two months with a healthy heart, 
I can recover all the things that I lost much quicker and have a longer, healthier athletic career and life. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. So I'm going to encourage you within that two months, try different things. Okay. Try different ways because the things we know, um, that our body, you know, this in conditioning, right? Your body gets used to a certain set of, um, motions, a certain set of exercises, a certain set of weights, right. Over time. So try something different, right? So this might be a good time to like increase, um, flexibility, right. And resistance, try yoga, try stretching, try isometric. Um, yeah. Mobilize athletes, like work on your flexibility and mobilization during this time. You want to be better at snatching just CrossFit athletes care about. Like this is a great time to work on your mobility. Exactly. Yeah. So you're using it in a different way. Right. So, um, that when your month and a half, two months of recovery is, um, finished, then you've got another layer of your athletic performance, right? So that can also improve, um, your, yeah, your overall athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right, guys, we're going to get through this together. Uh (laughs) Yes, we can. And how to stay in a certain range for the next month. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it, friends. So if you're like me, I'm going to write on the calendar 60 days and I'm going to count down until I'm released. Just so there's like a vision inside. I get to go 50% and this is the day I get to graduate. There you go. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Carmen. Oh, you're welcome. Hi, today we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about this book club that we've started here at Thrive and Aligned. Um, We started a book club for a couple of different reasons. We wanted to grow a tribe of like-minded people who are interested in personal development and growth to better understand your mind, body, and spirit relationship um, to support our overall health and wellness. So if you are somebody who loves to read books, you want to be part of our community and you're eager to grow in mind, body, and spirit, we'd encourage you to join our book club. So what do you get? You get um, a box every month that's going to have the book in it and some additional surprises that go along with the theme for the month. Um, You have four gatherings. So all four of them are virtual. Two of them have the option to be in person as well. So you get to get together as a community and talk about this book, what you're learning, questions, dive deeper, um, get Dr. Carmen's perspective from a physician, get my perspective as a life coach. Um, You're also gonna get access to the private Facebook group and um, just this community, this amazing community of people that are like-minded learning going deeper and um it's just it has been amazing and it's only 34 dollars a month so to register you'll go online to thriveandalignhealing.com you'll see up in the top menu book club and remember that the registration is by the fifth of each month so if you want to join for december then you would have to register by november 5th right? If you're wanting January, then you have to register by December 5th. The 5th of every month is the registration deadline 
for the next month's book club. So once you register, um, it's a monthly subscription. You will receive your book in this fun box and all the gifts each month. Um, and it's, we'll just have a great time. So join us, thriveandalignhealing.com.